0: Greetings, everyone. This is William Nunn, host of One Shot's D&D Character Podcast. I would like to take a very quick moment to give you guys a few quick announcements before we begin the show. Starting off, uh, starting this Friday, June 11th, all the way up to June 13th of 2021, you guys have the opportunity of actually checking me out in Shelter Warning, an online theater event Where six strangers in six different states, one event sets off their warning systems and sends them to their shelters where they are locked in, alone. Finally able to contact via video conferencing systems in their shelters, they begin to question what's happened and how long they'll have to remain in their shelters. Has there been an attack? A nuclear bomb? Aliens? The government? What is going on? Find out when you check it out, and I have the description for it below, and you get to see me as, yes, you actually get to see me. You don't have to just hear me talk the whole time. I have blonde hair, um, and I will play an Iowa farmer named Elvis. This was a very fun show to do, and I really hope you guys will enjoy it. My other announcement to you guys is uh, a new episode of Might Check with Ezra Vervin and uh, Kelsey Mayer and myself is on there. And we get to talk about the things that we have been up to. And I do mention the David Miscavage stage play, which I still highly recommend checking out now that it is fully online. But we do uh, talk about uh, fateful findings from Neil Breen, social media, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's a two-parter since we do talk about stuff for a while. But I really hope you guys will enjoy it, and Ezra and Kelsey have been on One Shots before, so some of you will likely be very familiar with them. Really hope you check out all of those. So, I really wanted to let you guys know that those are worth checking out, and uh, now let's get back to One Shots DD Cards Podcast! Yeah. vast multiverse of discovery and danger. Comrades from far and wide will unite for a new call to adventure. One Shots d d character podcast created by William Nunn. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of OneShot's D&D Character Podcast. This is your host, William Nunn, who is the voice of Odysseus Claw, the tragic, or tragic, not tragic, tragic dragonborn bard who is on his way to the dark, terrible lands of Avernus to take care of the dark, terrible, dark unicorns that slayed my Bahamut theater clan. And on his way to uh, Vernus, he is uh, encountering all sorts of very interesting characters who are all Dungeons & Dragons creations created by uh, voice actors and friends, and we're going to interact via the wonderful thing that is improvisation. And my guest today is Nicholas. How are you today, Seb?
1: I am doing well, William. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Of course, of course. And I should mention that uh, one very interesting fact about the two of us is that we are both uh, part of Cold Open Stories. Uh, as of this recording, latest project, uh, Hounds of Bedlam, a really dark audio drama mini series that I definitely recommend you guys check out. Uh, you are the traitor lieutenant, correct?
1: Uh, I play one of the traitor guardsmen. Guardsmen. I play. Um. Yeah, I play Sloan, I believe his name is. Nice. Um, nice. Yes, and uh, no spoilers, but things might not go well for him in the story.
0: Yeah, it's something that is a common occurrence in the Warhammer 40k universe, but uh, you do get to hear uh, all of us yelling and, well, more like uh, trying to survive, and in this case for me, uh, I am Modder, you get to hear me in that one, and it's a really compelling, dark, dark story that I would... Strongly recommend anyone who enjoys the show, who has enjoyed listening, who especially if you enjoy listening to our interaction today, uh, we will have uh, the links for Hounds of Bedlam in the description box below. Please check out Hounds of Bedlam, follow Cold Open Stories, check out their other content. It's great stuff.
1: And something worth mentioning, too, before we get into it is um, something we were talking about before the show is... Warhammer 40k, Warhammer in general, really can be a bit of a daunting thing to jump into blind if you've never really participated or read up on it. But Hounds of Bedlam does a good job of bringing you into the world without necessarily needing to have too much background knowledge.
0: I strongly agree. And I think that is one of the strongest elements of it, especially since there's a couple of other stories within cold open stories where there was some stuff that was really, really compelling but I felt like I needed to go on a Wikipedia search to kind of fully understand a couple of things. And then right. talking to Colin, it's like, oh, that was actually made up. That that may not be actually part of the lore, but uh, y- y- there will be those moments like that. Whereas with Hounds of Bedlam... They do a very good job at setting that stuff up. And for anyone who uh, is a fan of the Dune series, uh, they it's, it's kind of like that where you don't need to go and look at a glossary. There's like a little bit of a uh, description or maybe a paragraph worth of mention of like, uh, hey, here's that thing I just mentioned. It's it, it, in a natural way of saying so. It's it means this. Basically, like whether the character that mentioned it says so or the other character responds saying so or another character asks a question about it, it all lines up nicely. though I will say uh check out the Astartes uh cG films before listening to uh Hounds of Bedlam if you have never experienced Warhammer before. I think that's honestly a very good introductory to make you at least interested in the world,
1: yes, and I cannot recommend forty k enough. Check mm. out Cold Open Stories. But then dive into 40K and you will not regret it.
0: And I have one last question. Well, actually, I have two questions, but we're going to start with the first question. First question, who is Odysseus Claw going to be interacting with
1: today? He will be interacting with a gnome by the name of Dr. Manfred von Reinstaufen.
0: To tell me a little bit about him, please.
1: So, he is a rather well-kept, very prim and proper gnome wizard who, against uh, the better recommendations of many of the people he has interacted with, heavily practices the art of necromancy. But he is, by profession, a medical doctor, or at least the closest thing to a medical doctor in the fantasy realms. And a little bit about him, he has a rather pretty standard upbringing, I would say. Two parents that loved him very much, but wanted him to pursue very much different paths. Mainly wanted him to go into the fields of faith, and possibly pursue to become a cleric. But he wanted to attain magic by his own means, attain power by his own means. He is probably the closest thing to an atheist in the fantasy realms where he does not want the help of the gods. He does not want to revere them. He wants to achieve his means by his own merit. And so he decided to become a wizard, decided to go to school and pursue his arts. He eventually met someone, settled down, and decided to teach at said school. Mm. But one thing led to another, and... The things he started dabbling in, trying to understand and gain control over the powers of life and death, ended up getting him kicked out, removed from his position at the school, and also put a heavy, heavy burden upon his relationship with his wife and his son. And so that all kind of went down the drain for him. Aww. And now he's a bit of a wanderer. He's still obsessed with mastering the powers of life and death, but he goes from town to town, providing assistance where he can, performing small surgeries, making concoctions to help with normal illnesses, and also being the kind of go-to individual when a problem needs taken care of. Say there's some murdering bandits wandering around in the woods, or... There is someone who is heavily, heavily abusing and mistreating their loved ones. As long as no questions are asked as to what happens with the body, the good doctor will take care of the problem. But only if he deems that the person who is committing the problem is wicked in nature. Mm. As he needs bodies for his experiments.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So... Now it leads me to a third question for you, because with all of that knowledge, all of that, uh, lore that I've just now learned about your character, um, where would you think would be a good spot for Odysseus to meet him?
1: Well, Odysseus is currently traveling to seek vengeance, correct? That is correct. And he is trying to make it to the land of, what is it, uh, Avernus, you said?
0: Uh, Avernus. Avernus, okay. One of the, one of the, uh. Probably the first circle of hell, basically.
1: Okay. Well, depending on where he would go, there are 101 places that he could bump into the good doctor. It could either be heading through a small, no-name town where the people both revere and slightly fear the new medical practitioner that has set up shop temporarily, or, depending on where exactly he is in the realm... The doctor could possibly be found in abandoned arcane towers. One such tower where he was tracking down the exploits of a particular lich, which did not necessarily work out for him. And uh, he accidentally ended up with a particularly cursed staff, which has benefits, but also, as cursed items do, there is a caveat to it. Mm. So... Whether he'd be traveling through a town or stumbled upon a an arcane tower worth investigating, I'd say he could find the doctor in either of those locations.
0: So I'
1: not sure if the medical exploits if there is if it's time for another medical trilogy, but if he's seeking <laughs> if he's seeking additional medical attention or I maybe think, it's happenstance.
0: I think with Odysseus in this case, um, he would be very interested in um, the tower. So we're gonna say, uh, Odysseus has heard rumblings about a particular tower that's on his way to Avernus. And he sees it in the distance, and he makes his way over there. And he's only heard one particular fact as he's traveled that is usually the same information every single time. There's other details about it, but there's always one constant thing. And that is necroman- necromancer. So, Odysseus has had run-ins with necromancers in the past, but he's now actually willing to uh, see one for a different circumstance, now that he is starting to feel like he is inching just a little bit closer to where Avernus is. Even though he still has a long way to go, it's pretty far south, for for those who have been listening so far. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So he goes inside, he opens up the gates... Even though I guess the gates wouldn't be really locked, uh, they would probably just be fine for him to open. He opens them up. He walks inside. It's uh, It's got some candles. It's nighttime out. And um, he uh, calls out and just says, Hello? Anybody here?
1: Hello? And for a brief moment, you hear nothing. But you do hear... What sounds like in the distance. Footsteps. Shambling, maybe. Before you are greeted by the image of a... skeleton marching out of the darkness. Ah! And the skeleton locks eyes with you. And it begins to make its way towards you, but then... stops.
0: Uh... Can I help you?
1: And the skeleton just stares at you. Before... the head of a small... A smallish person pokes their head out of a window and just kind of eyes you curiously. It's a seems like a very well kept individual, slicked back blondish brown hair, a bit of a pair of a bifocals hanging from the nose, and very dark brown eyes. And he just seems to study you. You are the first person to wander in here willingly.
0: Uh, yeah. I, um, I heard about this tower, and it seemed rather interesting, and I was hoping to, uh,
1: meet a necromancer in here. And he just stares at you, almost dumbfounded. You wish to meet a necromancer? How did you even... And he just kind of walks away from the window. And then he makes his way out, dismissing the skeleton, and you see this small gnome wearing a elegant red robe as the skeleton kind of makes its way back into the keep. You... Who are you?
0: Well, uh, my name is Odysseus Claw, and uh, I'm a dragonborn bard. I'm currently traveling to Avernus, and... Well... I've had a lot on my mind during my travels, and I've met a lot of very interesting characters during my travels, and I feel that there's something that needs to be done, and I feel like a necromancer could help me. And I asked around, and I was told about your tower, and now I am here asking for your help.
1: There are very few people who would willingly go to a necromancer of all people for help so either you are extremely foolish or you are in desperate aid or perhaps both which is it
0: ah that I guess I'll let you decide cause this is this is a decision I do not take lightly
1: very well I suppose I cannot turn down someone in need, but a word of warning, if I may, that you should probably not approach necromancers in the dead of nights. They're not as welcoming as I am, usually.
0: That's good to know, though I, I really don't plan on meeting others out of the sake of I have to's. Uh, very often. Um, but if it means... Uh, if I end up needing one again in the future, then that's at least good knowledge to know. Well, um... Could could you tell your skeleton to stop staring at me? I feel like he's staring at my ass.
1: Ugh. I knew I should not have brought this one out. He's... Sometimes when you bring back something, it maintains an aspect of its former life. It just seems that Hans here was very rambunctious in his day. Hans, go. And the skeleton stares at you longingly for a little bit before trotting off, almost disappointingly. A little more slunched than usual, but it gives you one last glance before being shooed away by the doctor with a little bit more authority in his voice. I apologize for it's that time. It's fine. No He's worries. one of my earlier resurrections, and I've grown quite attached to him.
0: Uh, I can I can understand that. I can understand that greatly. It's surprising. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have a Do you have a spot where we could sit down?
1: Oh, my manners, of course. Um, yes. Do follow me, mm-hmm. and he proceeds to lead you uh, into the dark keep. Um, going past various sets of bookshelves in various states of organization and disorganization until you're led to what seems like a a dining area with a rather elegant circular table. Uh, I do not keep company very often, but I hope this would be to your liking.
0: It is. It's actually seems like a pretty relaxing place it's all cleaned up, vacuumed wiped down Ooh, it's even got uh, did you
1: spray this place with cologne? sometimes when I would help out members of the populace it is a pay what you can kind of service I, I only seek to recuperate my costs and sometimes gold is not available and people pay with what they have, so I actually have a quite the assortment of perfumes and colognes. So yes, uh, thank you for noticing. Of course, of course.
0: Well, let's. Uh, ooh, let me uh, sit down here real quick. Ooh.
1: Yes, of course, and uh, you, yes, a, a different skeleton, not one that is nearly as uh, longing. Kind of creeps up behind you and pulls your chair for you. Oh
0: thank you you're very kind
1: Yes, um he has no choice. But uh, could I offer you something to drink? I'm sure there's something here that's not a, a a chemical base. No no thank
0: you. I I've already got my canteen on me. It's been uh ah, yes. helping me a lot on my journey.
1: So your issue is it's Is it one of the body, one of the mind, perhaps? I am a doctor, or is it one of a more arcane nature? Well, I'll just...
0: I'll just just go right out and say it. I... I need to see if there is a way for me to look... At Avernus without going there
1: hmm so you wish to gaze into the nine hells
0: yes that that one that one hell in particular um, I'm trying to find dark unicorns that destroyed my Bahamut theater clan they were slain by them with the horns the very sharp terrible horns And, um, I have this aching nightmare that goes through my head every now and then, where I fear that Sweet Jessica, Richard II, Richard 2.5, Richard III, and Morpheus are somehow trapped in a furnace, with souls being tortured by... The Dark Unicorns, because they all decided to have a a really crazy cocaine binge the night before. I'd like to know whether or not their souls are there, or if their souls are in the heavens with our Lord Muhammad.
1: I... Religion is not my expertise. I do not necessarily know where the souls go when... The body no longer has use for them. The bodies are my expertise. But to gaze into another plane, that will require a heavy degree of magic, especially if you're searching for particular individuals.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And he kind of ponders for a brief moment, and he... He gets up and he starts taking down various books written in different languages and starts sifting through them rapidly. Now, normally this would be a lot easier if I knew who exactly I was looking for. If I knew the people myself, that might be a bit easier. What you're asking is. It, uh, I don't think it's even been done before to, to to, scope through an entire circle of hell, to look for the spirits of, of individuals. It's, it's not impossible, but it is difficult.
0: I had a feeling it would be difficult, which is why I am willing to offer you a very good sum of gold pieces. I have... Uh, A decent amount I've collected through singing the dragon operas with others, and, uh, for others. While also being able to do other little bits of labor and such. I mean, I even got to do a little bit of burlesque dancing. I've never done that before, and I got some good coin out of it. Though, I do think that, um... You would probably not be, uh, needing to see that. See, See me do that, that is. Um, but I also try to make sure that, um... I, I keep myself stable. I've already got plenty of food. I still have plenty of chocolate from my last adventure. So I, I, if I need to offer you just a little bit extra than what I have in mind, then that is okay.
1: As for gold, I will not require much. Just enough to cover my expenses in order to procure certain means.
0: How much gold would you need?
1: For something like this, in order to acquire the correct materials, I have most of what I need. Uh, what's essentially we'd be doing is, I would be modifying or experimenting with what you would consider a standard uh, scrying spell. Um, if you're unfamiliar with a scrying spell, you you usually you're looking for someone you know. And then you can essentially spy on them as if you were in the room with them. Uh, Doing it through other planes can make it quite difficult. It's not always going to work. So I'm going to have to take extra precautions in order to make sure that we have the slimmest chances of failure possible. But there is going to be a price to pay. As there is a high degree of risk associated with such a ritual, so to speak.
0: And what price would that be?
1: I assume that being a bard, you, while magically inclined, you do not have the necessary skill set in order to perform this type of ritual yourself. And in order to make this work, since it's the people that you are looking for. I happen to have a certain illness that both makes this easier and harder. uh uh-huh. And he kind of uh, gestures to a, a small black scepter that is kind of ornately placed on a weapon holder. You see that... Oh, that looks awesome. Uh, That is what I thought, too. And when you want something, generally you're willing to do anything for it, and I wanted this more than anything. And while it allowed me to pursue my goals and studies to acquire more knowledge, more power, as such as a stereotype with us necromantic practitioners. It's also... I don't even... There's no... There's no other way to say it. I'm... dead. Technically. Are you wanting me to impale you? That... It, n- n- no. No, 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 no. No, I... It's hard to explain. You do not need to kill me.
0: Oh, good, good. I would, I would feel very weird killing you all over again. That'd be very strange.
1: Yes, it's it's very strange. I, I believe that I can die still. I, my body can cease to continue living, in a way, but... I, I don't eat. I don't sleep. I don't necessarily feel the same emotions or how do I cop about this, urges that uh, a young man of my age would be feeling. Um, but I, I don't want to test it out. But I I do believe that I can still be killed, for lack of a better term. So please do not stab me.
0: Of course, of course. And you you really don't do any of those things? Even just as a necromancer? You don't really do normal, well, I guess gnomish
1: things? Uh, you, what, what do you mean by gnomish things? You look like a gnome. I, I am a gnome, but I don't know what, what things a gnome would do that a dragonborn would not.
0: Well, uh, I only am really knowing of one particular gnome. You'd probably like him, David Miskavage. And, uh, he usually likes to, uh, steal stuff if necessary, create plays that fall apart like a sack of cards, and, uh, try to see if he can actually one day be able to pay off the debts of the city of Rallie before Kafulu one day awakens, which, holy dear lord, I hope that doesn't happen again.
1: That would be most unwelcome. But... To answer your question, no. And I do not know if that is even something that I would want. Or perhaps my affliction has caused me to no longer want it. A case of the chicken or the egg, I suppose. But nonetheless... Which did come
0: first, do you know?
1: You know, it is not something that I have considered... One would argue that the egg must come first because the chicken comes before the egg. But at that point, what would, who would have laid the egg? A chicken, obviously. But the chicken comes from an egg. It's a conundrum that I don't believe science has been able to explain yet. Uh, one could just simply point it to the gods. You know, the gods have done everything. You know, yada 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 yada. But who? We... I do not... That's not important. Could we ask
0: Bahamut if maybe we could figure out the riddle of who came first, the chicken or the egg?
1: You could... Do you have the means to contact the Dragon God? No. Then I do not think we could ask him. I believe he probably has other things... Holy Aww. things that he wishes to take care of. Uh, I do apologize if that is disappointing, but.
0: I wish you could I do have not, done a holy hmm. deed by making sure my clan wasn't murdered by a bunch of dark unicorns! I- I'm sorry. And that I'm sorry. is
1: exactly. No, 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 I completely understand. I. I've never trusted the gods, really. They treat mortals like playthings. Like, we have simply pawns and some larger game of chess that are playing against each other. And they are so high and mighty that I do not realize that they are playing with lives. And I know that's ironic coming from a necromancer, but sometimes it just pisses me off that we are just treated so lightly and disregarded by those forsaken gods of ours. I do apologize. It's that's fine, it's fine. It's a sensitive issue for me.
0: My, uh... My faith in Bahamut has been honestly shaken since the, the night of the murders. Um, but I've gotten stronger since then. I have improved my vibrato and still do what I can to make those smile and hope someday I can take down the dark unicorns themselves in a furnace so that way they can no longer harm another living
1: artist. That is a noble and altruistic goal of yours, I must say. Despite the suffering that you have clearly endured, Mm -hmm. you press on.
0: I have to. I have a show to do. But also, of course, you know, there's... There's there's this... Wait. There's something else that I'm now remembering from my nightmares.
1: Really? Do go on.
0: There was a voice that I could hear in these nightmares it would say sporadically he doesn't know he doesn't know he doesn't know and i have Who no idea know? what it is it has it sounds something it sounds familiar but i I'm, i can't place it
1: The dreams are an interesting realm to exist in. They are neither of this reality or another. And they are often malevolent, but they can often bring great joy. They can conceal hidden meanings or boldly display loud and brazen truths. And in such a state, the mind and the spirit is very vulnerable. Tough to say what exactly it might be. Could simply be... Something deep down that you already know trying to reveal itself. Or something you don't know. Lurking in the abyss. Trying to... Reach out to you. For what purpose, I do not know. But... That is an alarming experience. Especially if it is a consistent nightmare.
0: What frightens me the most... Is that I feel like it's the first option.
1: The first option? What exactly do you mean?
0: Where... Maybe there is something I know. And I just haven't put the pieces together. But if I had that one puzzle piece... But I can't... I can't deal with that. I have to... I have to stop the unicorns. Despite the fact that they clearly do not want me to come to Avernus for some reason or another. But... If I knew that... The Bahamut Theater Clan was not in Avernus. Burning in those fires. Being tortured by the unicorns themselves. And were instead up in the sky with Bahamut then I would feel more comfortable continuing my journey. Can we please at least get some sort of closure on this, so that way I could sleep at night?
1: Hmm, sleep. I remember sleep.
0: I-, I know you remember sleep. Could you please help me?
1: Are you prepared to give that which cannot be given back I only ask this because if you wish to see this there are a few steps and when you have an, an undead shell such as myself it's very difficult for the soul to exist in such a mortal shell imagine imagine you had a jar full of liquid and it was filled to the top and every day, you magically made the jar smaller. Such a liquid would continue to compress until the point where it breaks. That is kind of what is happening with my soul. My shell is no longer able to contain it as easily, nor is it as easy to keep it healthy. And unfortunately for us, I need to be the conduit for this spell. And to be a conduit to peer into the hells it takes a toll on the soul. Okay. So I need something from you. Something worthwhile.
0: Odysseus. Something more
1: important than gold.
0: Odysseus looks down at his possessions and he offers you. Or, or at least he's 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 looking at your at your eyes, and he just pulls out something that um, he's willing to offer you for this exchange. And it's his very old, very well polished, constantly enjoyed, beloved loot. This is my loot. I've played it for all of my dragon operas long before the Bahamut theater clan was even formed. I wish to
1: offer it to you for your service. He studies the lute. Very clear admiration in his eyes. He doesn't come across as a musician, but he knows a quality instrument when he sees one. There is much sentimental value in this, and it may be extremely valuable. Such emotions and passions can often linger with items. But I like you. I like what you have devoted yourself to. It is not often you see someone so selfless. So I cannot help but while lingering on to my mortality, wish to assist you. But, I fear that if I do not make progress, that my time on this plane will be limited. So I cannot accept the loot, but I would like to make a counter offer if you are willing to listen.
0: Okay. And Odysseus just puts his
1: loot
0: back down
1: and says, Go on! I've been working with murderers, foul individuals, conquerors, small-time warlords, people that I deem to not deserve to continue to walk on this plane after all the terror and pains they've caused. All the skeletons around you, all my servants are Mm -hmm. wicked people but they are only mundane individuals they are not there is no potency in their bodies there is no power i could tell from the moment i looked upon you that you were a powerful individual really and yes it is not Difficult to observe the arcane energy that radiates from you. You channel it through song, yes?
0: Of course, of course. I channel it through song, and it's a whole delightful thing. Do you want me to teach your skeletons how to sing?
1: Perhaps, no. They do not have lungs. They do not have throats. They cannot make vocalizations in the same way that you can. Oh, well,
0: but they could do percussion. They could do, uh, they could play uh, the lute themselves if they wanted to strum along with their bones, if their bones aren't too frail.
1: He gives you a light smile, almost sympathetic, and then it kind of just quickly fades, and he just looks at you deeply what do you plan on doing once you depart from this world my friend
0: are you talking about when I depart from here to go to Avernus or when I die die the latter well if for some reason I were to die die you know I've never thought of that I mean, there was a time in my childhood where I thought to myself, oh, I'd love to go up to the big, big, beautiful sky and see Bahamut himself and all of the other wonderful dragon gods and deities and everybody else that's up there that has written the grand, powerful, amazing dragon operas and learn their origins. Where did they learn to sing? And maybe I could sing with them, enjoying in their beautiful choir that is full of scales and fire and claws. It would be the most majestic thing ever heard in the
1: universe. Then of course.
0: It's it's something that I would be very much interested in if, if that ended up being a
1: reality. I cannot say what will happen to your spirits once the body ceases to function. Perhaps you will join the other dragons in the sky. Perhaps you will go somewhere else, I cannot say. But your body will not be going with you. You understand that, yes?
0: Oh, you you want to use my body for
1: your experiments and things after I die-die? He kind of like is... Taken aback by how nonchalant you have said this.
0: Like I've said, you're not my first necromancer, so I figured that's what you were trying to go for. And, oh, if you need me to sign something or anything like that, I'd be more than happy to offer my deceased corpse to you for your experimentation or anything else, as long as you do not add uh, any tattoos that say, I'm a fucking dick just don't do that, that would insult me, it would make me want to come down and haunt you.
1: Why is that sentence in particular?
0: Well, that was, um, something that used to be said to me a lot at school when I was younger.
1: Ah, a bit of childhood trauma, yes.
0: Well, see, it's, you know, it's not, I it, 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 It's one of those things that, you know, you hear insults, and some insults don't bother you at all. They just come off at you as like a splash of water. But, uh, that one in particular, I don't know. It's like being told you were an idiot by someone close to you, and you ended up realizing after that insult you really did do something stupid. And you feel hurt by it. Because back then, my father wanted to mold me into this... Really powerful warrior that I had no interest in. I was a fucking pacifist for Muhammad's sake. And when I just snapped one day, like he would have wanted me to do, the kid that I punched in the face, his scales had blood on them. And he just yelled,
1: You're a fucking dick!
0: And I just... I've never liked being called that, basically, because it reminds me of that moment where I I lost my nerve because I kept trying to do stuff on my toys and things, and it, it was a very weird thing, and I, I've tried to be a kinder person since then, but I still have my little tendencies of wanting to lash out if possible, so if that, I know that's happened a couple of times since we've talked, and I apologize for them, but... There's some demons you cannot run away from, but you have to try to live above them.
1: As someone who has summoned demons, I know exactly what you are talking about. They can be very difficult to avoid. Uh, you, you can't help but notice that he's, uh, as you're kind of diving more into these deeper issues, he's kind of scribbling things down in a notebook that he has. I suppose that... Oh, and don't paint my
0: body. If possible, you could do markers and things. I, I love painters, but if I would like to be alive if I'm painted, I feel like it would be weird to
1: see a corpse painted. I do not have any intention of painting you, but Oh good. I no nor will I tattoo that particular word upon you. If words. I can honour that those wish. particular words. 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 Yes. I will not, I will not write, "You're a fucking dick," on you, in any way.
0: Could you say moose and squirrel?
1: Moose, squirrel, moose and squirrel, moose and squirrel.
0: Yay! He said it. Okay. Um. Um. Do you have any okay. uh anything I can sign so that way we can uh. We can get this started so that way I can see if they are in a bonus
1: by chance. He, he just seems bewildered just by so many of your <laughs> mannerisms. And he just vehemently starts, like, just scribbling things down in his notebook before slamming it shut. Of course. Of course. So, I must warn you that this process can be traumatic as what I'm going to have to do if this even works. I, I must put a stern warning that this kind of experimental magic could possibly not work. But if it does, a, f- a few things will happen. Mm-hmm. One, I will be essentially removing a shard of my soul or what's left of it and it will be temporarily affixed to your person in the form of a tattoo that will not say the words you do not want them to say oh goody yes it will be a very small mark you will not notice it it will be occasionally painful most likely in a spiritual way that is probably the closest way I can describe it. You will not feel physical pain, but... You will feel a deep, minor form of agony occasionally.
0: Okay. I'm, uh, and I, I've am i had my share of spicy food, so I, I guess I could probably manage it.
1: Good, good. And beyond that... This portion, this shard of my soul, will not only ideally allow you to peer into this world, into the other world, I should say, but it will also stick with you until your spirit ceases to need your body. And when that happens, your soul will depart your body, but the remaining amount of my essence should manage to assume control and bring you back to me. So,
0: so hold on. Let me make sure I got this right. So, when I go to Avernus to to just look, it will I will come back to you. But when I die, die, my soul will go up. But your my body will come to you.
1: It will attempt to, wherever it is. Ideally, I will be able to find it if it does not happen to be in this realm, but we will cross that bridge when we get there.
0: Oh, okay, well, mm. I, could, I could always let David know, and uh, probably uh, Lady Rhea Mantlehorn, uh, see if she would be able to also help with that. I, I can do a whole thing of making sure they are aware, maybe let Stella and Maurice and... Uh, oh... And Epiphany, too. Maybe Epiphany would be 100% done with this. Ooh, that would actually be quite nice. Uh, but yes, yes, yes. Um, I think they would be very joyful of doing that, especially if we somehow separate in our later years and we want to do like a nice funeral. Oh, they could do a funeral. You could be like the, uh, the usher, give you the whole eulogy. We have gathered here. No, no, no. They have gathered here today... No, that's not a good impression of you. L- let me stop rambling, and let me hear what the- what else you
1: have to say. Of course. Whatever arrangements you have to make, uh, I will assure that I claim what is mine. No harm will come to your loved ones, I can assure you. Um, I do not make a habit of going around and hurting those who do not deserve it. Oh, they would the less. Probably not. If uh, if they are as capable as you are, I assume that I would have my work cut out for me. But I mean them no harm in any way. Uh, I only want what we agreed upon. Also, this... To gaze as a non-magic user. Well, non-wizard, I should say. Yeah. Not a non-magic user. Yeah, I've got some magic in
0: me, but not, not, not wizard Ask Not that... Epic, you shall not pass.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, of course. I have read that story as well. Anyway. When, When blending souls, a lot of things can happen. But according to my notes, no physical harm will come to you. But in order to gaze into Avernus... You will have to pass a test. Ooh, what kind of test? You will have to... And demons are notorious for their tricks, but I'm sure something will try to stop you. Mm-hmm. And odds are, based on my experience in dealing with them, you will most likely have to come face to face with the thing you fear most in life. It could be spiders could be demons themselves, or it could be failure, being alone, loss, the dark, the light, anything, really. Uh-huh. And if you can face it, then you will see the door you're looking for. Or we'll both die, I'm not sure, I've never done this before.
0: You didn't tell me that?
1: That your life would be the balance? There is, of course, a high degree of risk when doing experimental magic. I trust me. I know what I'm doing, but I would feel very bad if I didn't warn you that there's a possible chance that we could screw this up royally. And (sighs) maybe it will be fine and nothing bad will happen. But, you know... These things happen, you know.
0: Okay. <sighs> if I'm going into a virus itself physically in the future and going to deal with those dark unicorns face to face, then I might as well confront my biggest fears. Take me into your dark... Or, kind of light, embrace my friend and see what you can do to grant my request.
1: Of course, and you are sure you want to do this. Once we start, there is no going back.
0: Odysseus grabs his canteen. let's do it.
1: Very well. Follow me. Mm -hmm. And And I follow you. And he gets up and he leads you down some more dark, decrepit-looking halls, dimly lit by torchlight. Until he brings you into a chamber filled with many symbols that you probably would not recognize adorned on the floors and the walls, tables with books and various jars of substances, rather large boxes stuffed against walls, almost vaguely shaped that looks like they could probably hold a body. And he gestures you towards the center of the room where there's a... A rather intricately painted symbol on the floor. I will need you to stand there if you do not mind. Okay.
0: This is some H.R. Geiger shit. I really like the look of this place.
1: I try not to look the part, so to speak, but it, aesthetics aren't really my thing. I just. This is the default, apparently, and it works, and it keeps the kids out for the most part. Although teenagers try to fucking break in all the time, but you oh, know.
0: Oh, fucking teenagers. You know, there was one time I was uh, singing of the Bahamut Theatre Clan, and we were, we were getting into a bit of our routine, and then this, this little kid just runs up and just yells, Play Free Bird! No, we will not play Free Bird! It's not even one of the dragon operas. Now, the Flying Eagles. Sure. We've, we've got some of that in the dragon op- opera uh, volume collections. But no, not Freebird. Good song, but not what we will do.
1: Uh, there's always going to be hecklers or, you know, the racists who try to get you to play Dragon Force, I'm sure. Yeah. they thinking they're being funny. But, uh, you, you know just once i would like to turn one of them into a zombie just one just one send one turn one into a zombie send it back to the village i the problem would probably never happen again just you know honestly some parents might even like it kids get you know makes their child a little bit more obedient you know a little bit more respectful it's very difficult to act up when you are a corpse slave you know that's true i I digress all right. Eyes away. You know, a few skeletons generally keeps them away. Yes,
0: yes, yes. I'm my my legs might start falling asleep here if I'm standing here for too long. Um, could we uh could we move you along? Would you like a chair? No, I I feel more brave if I stand.
1: Of course. Yes, yes, yes. And he starts mixing uh, some various uh, components and compounds together. Um, and then he kind of pulls out a small staff. I'm large for him, small for you. And he goes, would you be able to hold out your arm? I must make the markings here that will serve as a magical housing for the shard of my essence, so to speak.
0: Uh, I would I would prefer it not be in my arm if possible. Could you maybe do it on my arm? Um... Maybe behind me? Like, maybe my tail? Or my... My...
1: My gluteus maximus? If you would like the tattoo on your ass, I can oblige. Okay, let's just do it there. So that way, if I ever feel that weird random
0: pain, I I might take better shits.
1: It is quite possible. Uh... (laughs) Let's find out. Well... I let's not find out together. No, no, no. I, I I
0: I I already did what I needed to do earlier. So whatever you do here, it's not going to make me just have a skyrocket shit show
1: or anything. I would rather not have to clean that up. I appreciate that. Now, of course. I I suppose you must drop your trousers, and I will place the mark. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Odysseus lowers his his uh, pants as, uh, to where it's only just showing off his. Uh, his scaly, rumbunctious rump, and, uh... Oh, oh, do the, uh, the right cheek. the right cheek. My left one is, uh, more fragile.
1: Very well. And in order to paint a better picture, on a scale of 1 to 10, how dummy thick is he? Uh, it's about a 3. Okay. Well, I mean, he's got something to work with. Yeah. It's, okay. it's not very... All right. <clears throat> it's
0: not very squeezable but it's fine
1: all right perfect that that helps out for my immersion <laughs> <laughs> okay <clears throat> all right so this may hurt a little bit but it will only be brief okay no pun intended and he you feel a stinging sensation on your behind as you take a little bit of necrotic damage as something is slightly carved into your skin. Oh,
0: it feels like I'm taking steroids, but without the muscular side effects.
1: Yes, there's just a small amount of decay on your cheek that allowed me to place the incision And it will only emit a very faint blue glow and probably shouldn't be visible to people while you're wearing your clothing. Okay. I would recommend not telling people about it, especially your clerics, your paladins, you know, your... Stick-up-the-ass religious, high-and-mighty, purge-evil kind of people. I would avoid telling them that you have a necromantic brand with the portion of a soul of a necromancer in you. It it would probably just create problems.
0: Okay. Well, I I thank you you for that. And Odysseus puts his, uh... He buckles up his pants, and he, uh, stands back straight up. So, what's the next step?
1: Well, the next step is we need to prepare the concoction for you to drink, and then we commence the ritual. Okay. And he proceeds to grab his little compound that he was mixing up, and he pours it into a rather ornate-looking goblet, gold with a few gemstones here, nothing too fancy, but very, very nice still. And he kind of swirls it around a little bit gives it a smell he kind of seems a little put off by it doesn't look like it smells the best and he grabs a knife as well and then he hands you the goblet oh I'm going to need you to drink this and do try not to vomit it
0: okay I will do my best Odysseus drinks it
1: it is awful Uh. Uh. Honestly, I thought putting malt liquor would uh. make it taste better, but that was a mistake. Uh.
0: Oh my goodness. Uh. My gums feel funny. Or is it just that, my that, brain that. trying to tell my gums, Hey, forget what you just tasted as bad best as you fucking can
1: uh. If you suffer any trauma we can you know we can discuss it and, and further in further appointments, but please hold on to it or this will not work.
0: Okay, okay. I I think I can.
1: I think I can. I think I can. I think I can Yes of course, of course. <laughs> he kind of mentions almost like just casually dismissing what you're saying, and he takes the blade and he makes a rather deep incision into his hand as he starts to chant. Uh, In, well, if you can understand gnomish, then he's chanting in gnomish. Otherwise, it's a language that you cannot understand. And as the words start to leave his mouth and become almost rhythmic, the blood that's leaking from his hand starts to rise and coalesce in the air and starts forming very intricate shapes. Holy shit! As he's almost... Weaving it. Please do not speak. I am concentrating. Okay, okay, I'll I'll stop speaking. Yes, of course. Sorry. And it sounds like he's struggling very hard. And he closes his eyes for a brief moment, and then the blood freezes. And then when he opens opens his eyes again, they are pitch black. Huh. And then the and then in a sudden just snap. The blood almost Condenses into like what seems like almost a blood blade and pierces your chest. Uh, not piercing through your chest per se, but almost entering you. Uh, 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 Do not resist. Let uh, it happen. Uh, uh. And everything goes black. Huh? I, I can you hear me?
0: I hear you what's going on?
1: You are using the part of my soul that I imbued with you in order to access what you seek.
0: I don't feel the the blood blade in me anymore. I see is pitch darkness. Wait a minute. I think I see, I think I do see something coming towards me.
1: You need to reach out and search for what you seek.
0: Okay, well, whatever that is in the distance, it must not be what I'm looking for. So let me just, uh, go over here. Am I gonna randomly bump into your things? Uh, at the tower? Or am I allowed to just rumble about freely?
1: You are unconscious.
0: Oh, but well, that works. Okay. Oh, I like this. Echo. Hmm.
1: Echo! Try not, to, try not to dilly-dally. Echo! I, I must maintain Echo! a degree of focus okay. to, okay, for God's be damned, try to find what you're looking for and okay. be aware of the tricks that will be put in front of you. Okay, okay.
0: Odysseus. What was that? Odysseus. Uh, No. That's not who it is. That's not who it is, Odysseus. Odysseus. Odysseus.
1: That's not who it is.
0: That's
1: not who it is. Or is it?
0: No, it has to
1: be. That's who I'm searching for. What do you see?
0: Sweet Jessica! Is that you? Come this way, Odysseus. We have much to talk about. Come. Come this way. Follow my voice. Come, Odysseus. We miss Odysseus, what do you see? I see... I see a hallway. A forming hallway. It has statues of dragons. Dragons that are wearing... Robes. Like the ones that used to sing the dragon operas of old. From the really old collections. And there's a fireplace. And who are you talking to? I'm talking to... It looks like Sweet Jessica from my Bahamut theater clan! The really High Soprano of our group! Hello, darling! It's so good to see you! You're not saying anything. Are you alright? Be careful! I am very well, Odysseus Claw. Tell me... Do you want to have a singing challenge like the old days? I'm not here for singing challenges. i'm I am here to see if your soul is in a Venice or in the Dragon heavens. I'd really like to know where are you? Odysseus Claw. You will have my answer if you participate in the singing challenge. Oh, what kind of singing challenge are you referring to? The one you've always wanted to beat me in. The High Soprano. But I'm not as good as you at If you accept defeat, then I cannot tell you. You must win the challenge. Okay. I, I will do my absolute best. May you begin with your side of the challenge. Of course. high soprano pitch that is so high that it has a weird vibrato echoing factor to it that is a talent that very few can replicate, at least within the Dragonborns that's studied under Master Matha Hucoboth. Sure, just keep going. I'm going, I'm still working forward. Sweet Jessica, I have a high soprano challenge for you. And this is one that I was hoping I would share with you if you weren't slaughtered by the Dark Unicorns. And maybe, maybe you will actually be impressed with me for once. And the loot that he was willing to offer you earlier magically pops up into his hands. And he starts strumming away tucka 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 tucka
1: tackle to tackle to tackle to tackle to
0: Sweet Jessica just has tears running down her face. Odysseus Claw, you are far more incredible at what you do than I ever anticipated. And then her form changes. And she sounded so sweet the night I killed her.
1: Ah!
0: What of you? Yes, Odysseus Claw. You should not be peering through this. The treaty with the demons will be undone if you peer further. If you come here against our wishes. The Blood War will rage on your lands, starting with the dragons
1: first. Do Do not listen listen to to him. No!
0: Your crimes must be punished! I will find my way to Avernus, whether you like it or not, and I will slay you all! Oh, really? Did you think that we would offer you a passage to it just so that we could actually destroy you? No. We allowed you to live. You allowed me to live? Why? Why the fuck would we tell you?
1: Do not entertain it, Odysseus. It means to deceive you.
0: What... is the fate of my Bahamut theater clan they are not full dragons Odysseus claw they are like you half a dragon their souls will not go into the lands of the dragon heavens they only have one place to go here They are here, burning like barbecue, and we roast them and eat them every single day. And after a while, I guarantee you, they're going to tell me, oh, please, barbecue us again and add some red cayenne pepper to it. It's just going to make us all the more steamier as we feast on them over and over again like fucking Prometheus. And we are the giant bird that Eats the entrails over and over because their music enraged us. Well, at least that's the excuse we give you. Tell me what is of their souls, you lying devil. <laughs> and then the chain the form changes once more into Odysseus's mother. Son? What are you doing here? Mother! What the f- what? Mother! It's okay, Odysseus. I'm here for you. What is it, my darling? Uh, I'm being tormented by the dark unicorns. They are what I fear... ...most. That's not who you fear most, darling. It's not! No. There will come a time, Odysseus, when the questions will be answered. Please... know that I am with you always. And that your s- your... Bahamut Theatre Clan is not with the Dragon Heavens but it is not in Avernus itself either they are with me in a land unknown to both sides but it is peaceful nonetheless please know we are okay why are you there? why are they there and not in the Dragon Heavens? That was because it was a path they chose. That was the path that their souls longed. And they earned. Through an unfortunate sacrifice. They did not deserve the fates they had. And neither will you, if you fail in your quest. I... Do I fear the most with my soul and where it goes? Odysseus, there will come a lesson in this. You have to keep moving forward, no matter what. And remember, the day you arrive on Avernus, always know someone is looking out for you. I love you, son. And I love you too, mother. And then the entire place changes into a holy, crazy, bright white glow. And Odysseus can hear the slight chantings of, He doesn't know. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. Yet. And then he's back in the tower. Ah! Oh, I see you! I see you, my friend! Oh, oh, uh, oh, I need a drink. I need a drink right now.
1: Oh, uh, And you notice that he's... That the doctor has almost collapsed as you reemerged, and he's drenched in sweat, and he kind of clamors back up to his feet. Of course, of course. Um, yes, oh, water, please. and in a brief moment uh, a skeleton comes in with a pitcher of water did you see all that I heard brief moments almost like murmurs if you were to uh, press your ear against a door and hear what is the conversation on the other side I could hear you, mostly, in other instances. I was with you there, in a sense. Part of me was. The connection was difficult to maintain. I was a conduit for you to see whatever it is you saw.
0: I saw sweet Jessica. And then she turned into a dark unicorn. The one that slayed her. I didn't get to name, but... I knew it was... And then... I saw my mother... A Tyrannosaurus Rex who is... Crimson in her scales... She still had those short stubby arms with the little claws... It was... Just like how I remembered her the last time I saw her... They're not in Avernus! And they're not in the Dragon Heavens! ...but they're in another plane of existence. Something that they are peaceful in. It was... ...a sacrifice... ...that they should not have been going through. And because of that... ...the souls were given... ...to a place that keeps them in a... a good spot to be in. But the Dark Unicorn told me... ...that I was not allowed to die that night. Why? I don't know. But they still the want me to The Dark Unicorns are...
1: What? They are deceptive. They are deceptive creatures, the Dark Unicorns, but... If they did not kill you, they must have had a reason.
0: She told me I would find the answers. Someday.
1: It seems like you fear letting those down that you care about. Yes. You are bound to your mission.
0: Both from honoring them, but from also a
1: selfish point of view. I wish... I believe that everything is done in some form of selfishness. Whether it is you do things for others because it makes you feel good, or... anything in between.
0: I... I cannot thank you enough, my friend. I, uh... I feel emotionally heavy right now. And if you don't mind, I need to walk this off. So, of course, I am going to grant you the gold I promised you earlier as a token of my thanks. But I'm also going to give you some extra so that you can have all that you need to be able to sustain yourself for food and anything else in the coming months, if need be.
1: I appreciate it, but I have everything I need here, Odysseus. If you wish to pay me in addition to what you have already given, then I ask you only this. Before you die and your body is rendered to me, see to it that your quest is complete and... I will consider the payment made in full.
0: Very well. My friend, have a good night.
1: You know where to find me if you are in need of my services again. Of course, of course.
0: Odysseus uh, walks uh, toward the... um, He walks toward the doors... And he walks outside, and he, uh, he feels rain is starting to fall on him. But rather than feel like it's a sense of, like, doom and gloom or sadness, he feels like the rain was timed in an opportune moment. And he smiles and thinks to himself, maybe someone's really out there after all. I guess one day I will know the truth, no matter how devastating it is. But there were two words that stood out to me that I don't fully understand and haven't heard before. What is the blood war? And we stop.
1: Very fascinating.
0: I am currently uh feeling like I just went through a roller coaster
1: yeah it uh it was a little a little bit more uh darker and serious with this one it was it's just uh, a yeah, a little lot of plot there a lot of a <sighs> lot of mystery and stuff
0: well, the closer we get to avernus, the more excited I get at what i'm hoping will transpire but at the same time with this being an improv show i'm still leaving things open to chance and freedom and spontaneity and i i I definitely feel like there's going to be like a i almost need to make like a playlist of like what are all of the avernus tie-in very important episodes to what's going to be the saga of Avern- the these maybe not the saga of Avernus but the Avernus saga of episodes. So that is definitely something to look forward to. I, I hope the one shots fans will enjoy this as much as I enjoyed doing this with you. I also feel like I got to really flex myself from an acting point of view in a way that I'm not I'm not used I'm not used to with Odysseus. Oh, one hundred
1: percent. So yeah. that
0: was. Very fun and encouraging. So that was that was really something.
1: Um, yeah, you really let loose there. The variation of your nuance and tone and performance with each of the characters in that sequence, like they each had their own flavor and personality and uniqueness, to the point where, without any visual uh, accompaniment. Even without that, it was very easy to know who was who, where the conversation was going, even though you juggled, what, like four four or five different characters by yourself?
0: I really appreciate you saying that very much. I'm sure I mentioned this. If I did not mention this in past episodes, I am wanting to have people involved. Um, I'm being pretty selective with it. Um, being basically NPCs of Avernus. That Odysseus will interact with during his travels inside there as he tries to find the Dark Unicorns. So I will be figuring that out at that point in time. And I already have um, um, some people in mind that will likely return from past episodes that will uh, more than likely help Odysseus in his big confrontation. Because you need a party to help you fight off monsters i think so we will s- we will yeah
1: true can't solo um it.
0: that being said though i do have very fun ideas for the avernus saga poster which um those episodes will definitely have another poster more than likely same artist who i i always have her information in uh the descriptions, uh, Key, 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 a tweet or tweet, or I, I don't know how to pronounce it, but Kristen, my very good friend Kristen, uh, did the poster for one shots and I want her to do another one. Um, but there, there there's a lot that I'm really excited about, uh, with the Avernus Saga, but I want to make sure I clean out my guest list that I have, uh, going in through March and April, make sure all that's wiped clean and then I can do Avernus without any oddities, hesitations, whatever and and then I might take a brief break after it's all done and then we'll see
1: what happens with season 2. I mean it'll be it'll be well earned. You've uh, put a ton of work into this and it's such a a neat concept. There's a plethora of D&D podcasts out there and a lot of them are really incredible, but um I mean D&D itself is you know, an improvisational game, but I've never seen it done in this format where you take two original concept characters and just kind of smash them together and see what happens. It seemed like a fun idea. It really did. Oh, yeah. I had a lot of fun.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And um, I don't know if this, if this was the catalyst of the idea, but I remember uh, Joe Meganello uh post something involving like a painting of one of his characters that he has played in Dungeons and Dragons for a very long time, and it's this really awesome painting. I may have to look it up um and and uh i I wondered at one point oh wow uh what would what's that character like? what would happen if 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 I got to interact with him because I feel like I would need to be his friend to join him in a Dungeons and Dragons campaign and be a lot better at Dungeons and Dragons to do it properly and have fun and all that sort of stuff. I don't know if that if there was ever a thought in my brain that let went from what if Odysseus talked to him, what would that be like? And then it led to and then it could have led to maybe if I did that with other people instead, other voice actors and such, that'd be fun. But I get this weird feeling, I get. I feel like, because I, I remember having that, thinking about that character that he had played as, because it was like painted, I think, by um, Wizards of the Coast. I think they had literally put that together for him. Um. So, just the thought of that may or may not have sparked the show, I don't know. Uh, I don't exactly remember, but I do remember... Wanting an excuse to be Odysseus Claw as often as possible. And I've played him so frequently that I know him so well that um, I know how he would react to a lot of things. And I figured what he would fear most would be a very interesting question to unravel. Because some of it's obvious, but some of it I wanted to see how deep we could go. We went pretty deep. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I always I always like scratching the the surface uh, and getting beyond those surface level fears, like like heights, you know, sharks, you know. But like, what do you really fear? Yeah, deep down,
0: he both doesn't want to let down the Bahamut Theater Clan, despite the fact that they're totally fine and peaceful where they are. He 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 doesn't want to let himself down which i feel we all go through that especially oh, yeah. especially me i want to make sure i continue to improve as a voice actor as as best i can most days and some days um i mean you'll there'll be those days where we feel like we suck we 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 we're not great at what we do and then something happens and it's like oh maybe i don't suck um but yeah, you,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> you, you you cannot you cannot let it uh destroy you because Every person is going to look at what you do differently. And just because you might think, "I, yeah, here you go, they might like it. There's a very possible chance they might go, I didn't think that was uh something that the character would do, but I like it more than I had envisioned. So there you go. Or you could fail an audition. And it's like, yeah, you didn't do a good job there, but... I thought you sounded fitting for this other guy. And it's like, okay, I'll audition for that. Uh, so yeah, just, I don't want to get into too much detail about that. Cause there's some stuff there I cannot talk about, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, I've learned a lot this last year of really learning more about being a voice actor and doing all these things and just being an actor in general. And I do think in a lot of ways, Odysseus has helped me. And I hope that um, for all who have come to the show, it helps flex your muscles, too.
1: Oh, yeah. And um, thank you for letting me jump into the shoes of the doctor once again. I haven't touched uh, that particular character in a long time, and it was very nice to get back into it.
0: Could you uh, tell me his name one more time? I I had completely forgotten it.
1: (laughs) Of course. Yes. Um, It is Dr. Manfred von Reinstaufen, otherwise known as the good doctor. Wunderbar. Or w- exactly, Wunderbar.
0: yes. Um, so, for those of you who in who have stuck around listening to this entire very long special episode of One Shot's d podcast d character podcast, ugh, that burp was for me, not for you. Uh, but thank you. Thank you so much for sticking around and enjoying the show, and do look forward to what I have in store with the show later on. And... Um, where can the listeners of One-Shot's d Character Podcast follow you, Nicholas?
1: I have condensed my social medias into only one, so you can find me on Twitter, at Nicholas Alaire, and then my nice little banner art should have other ways, email, Discord, yada, yada, yada. So yeah, at Nicholas Alaire at Twitter, and yeah, feel free to send me a message. You know, cat pictures are always welcome.
0: There you go. There you go. And um, you can follow me on Twitter at VoiceThatCooks and on Instagram at TheVoiceThatCooks. And if you want to get the latest updates on OneShot's Shot d character podcast, technically the best way to do that would probably be to follow my Twitter. Um, but you also get to see a whole lot of really delicious food if you follow my Instagram, which I am looking forward to having some leftover pasta tonight after we are through here. And and once more, I have a reminder. Uh, do please check out uh, Hounds of Bedlam if you want to hear Nicholas and I in a project together once again. Uh, from Cold Open Stories, it is a five-part mini series set in the Warhammer forty K universe, and it is really dark, really fucked up, but it is awesome, and I, we we could not recommend it more.
1: One hundred percent. Check it out. Enjoy it. Check yes. out the rest of Cold Open Stories too, Colin. And the team make great work. They do. great productions. They do. And
0: uh, I think that's about it. Uh, I'm going to let... In fact, um, do I want to let the good doctor do the outro this time, if if you know it by
1: now? I will need a quick reminder. Sure.
0: If Bahamut doesn't give you song, you just sing it anyway.
1: If Bahamut doesn't give you song, you sing it anyway. I like it. Yes, yes. Yeah! <laughs> I had to. I was gonna. I was gonna try it, but I ah.
0: It's I Rob Halford. It's
1: it is not easy to do. Oh. uh Rob Halford. Oh, uh, trust me. Uh, I I uh, Priest is one of my favorite bands. I know. It's like that, that. Faster than bullets, tear up scream. scream.
0: Oh, man. We may have to do a a a, a Judas Priest duet.
1: <laughs> oh, I've I would love to. Uh my band would never wanted to cover Painkiller. So Oh man. I would be a hundred percent down. Um and uh, most people kind of describe my band as kinda like a Judas Priest homage kind of thing anyway. Uh fun fact, um I play bass. And hey. uh,
0: I know how to play um oh gosh, what's What's the one with the reggae type bass line, the bum bum? Boo doo doo boo doo doo, doo 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 doo-doo, uh Oh man. I'm I'm ha I'm having a blanking moment on that one. But my, my favorite pre song to actually play on bass and even sing technically is Beyond the Realms of Death. Oh yeah. That's that in my opinion is like the stairway to heaven of Judas Priest. Like if they did their oh, own yeah. kind of thing That's for a- that, it, it is a fantastic song. I love playing that on bass, especially with some loops I like to do. Um maybe one day I'll I'll do a cover video for it. See what happens.
1: Yeah, well, I mean I'm pretty sure we could uh we could find a uh we could probably find an instrumental, a painkiller and uh <laughs> Do it at do yeah, duet do it up.
0: Let's let's uh let's see if we can do that at some point. No, no promises just in case we don't do it, but I would really like to.
1: Yeah, I, I gotta flex the vocal cords again, but I am 100% down.
0: All then, we'll we'll make it a Rob Halford hangout at that point. <laughs> sounds good, sounds good, agreed. Thank you once again for sticking around, listening to uh, this extremely long episode. I uh, appreciate y'all's patience and enjoyment. Y'all have a wonderful rest of your week, wherever you are, stay safe, stay warm, whatever you need to do, and look forward to the Avernus saga and all of the other what upcoming episodes of One Shot's D&D Character Podcast.